Hey guys, welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara. Whoa. And I'm here with my brother and co-host, Devin. Was that you or me? That was that was you. Was <laughs> so, I think I was, <laughs> I was trying to turn it down. You were really loud there. That, that's on me. Ah. All right, here, here we go, folks. All right. I can't think of anything more rewarding than being able to express yourself to others through painting. I like that. Who do you think said that? <laughs> uh, Bob Ross. Yeah. <laughs> kind yes. of the, the master of like the nice quote right the nice right. like sweet like sweet quote um yeah yeah and i mean you know any any number of artists could have said something like that any number of painters but um for someone to be like quoted saying that um right you're trying to say, yeah you're like who was that and they're like well that that seems like something that like bob ross would say so yeah right yeah you know any anyone probably every artist has said that once or something like that, right? But it's yeah, exactly. It's, um, yeah, to find a way to be able to express yourself through paint is a is a right. special thing to be able to do. Yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> so I was I was watching this Bob Ross documentary on Netflix, but it's like kind of it's kind of like a, a dark one. It's um, I forget, something greed, blah blah blah. It's about how his business partners kind of screw him over, right? Yeah, yeah. I watched it too. Yeah, <laughs> and it was yeah. I had I have mixed feelings on it. Right. Okay. I enjoy Bob Ross, and I think everyone likes him for his personality. Right. The the softness, the the welcome. The, the it's like it's such an escape watching him. Right. And and yeah. to, to dig into the dark side of stuff, always. I I mean, it's entertaining, but it's a little like. I don't have to know all this. I mean, I, I want to know if his like business partner screwed him over because then you can be like, yeah, I'm not going to buy this or this. I don't want to buy any Bob Ross stuff because maybe they own it, you know, and he, his family doesn't get any of it, right? Right, yeah. Not that I would necessarily buy, you know, Bob, Bob Ross, Ross acrylic or yeah. whatever, but, yeah, right. you know, it, you you kind of want to know. But Oil then they're digging into, like, his sex life and blah, blah, blah. It's like... Yeah, Bob Ross liked to have sex. He has a son. We know he he liked to have. He's a man. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Is that, is what that, do you expect? <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe he had sex with other people. Yeah, a lot of people have sex with other people. Like it's like, why yeah. do I want to dig in? I'm not going to judge him off of. <laughs> right. Liking. Exactly. And that's not his. It's it's like yeah. It's like. Why do I we do, have to go into that? Yeah. Actually, though, I mean, I think in the grand scheme of how they presented him. As a person, he wasn't really like defaced at all in that. That's true, and I mean, yeah, like there's the there's like the possibility that maybe he had an affair with the woman who was his business partner like one time, but like even that, like it's it was like the seventies and eighties, like right, it was it's, crazy back then, you know, it was a weird <laughs> time. But I like the fact that like they talked about that he did like he was very charismatic and he liked to flirt with him, and I I like to flirt with women, like I'm a well, married man, happily yeah, married, I mean, but I. But I'm, you know, I do it in a way that's fun, right? I want to make women feel good about themselves. So I'm like, I say, what's up? And I give them five and I kind of, you know, I joke with them. That's all part of that kind well, of chariz- charisma. But I right. like the fact that they, they like play that up in the show. They like he had his like whisper Yeah, voice. but it was, it was, it was like, it was almost, yeah, I don't know, but it was almost like they were, know. 
digging at him a little bit, even though the main thing wasn't against him, because they did, like, it was always, he was a great guy, everyone knew him, loved him, blah, 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 blah. But, anyway. Yeah. No, I, I, I thought it was good, and I thought, like, I thought it actually humanized him some, because he's just this kind of, like, mountain of a of a painter that people see on TV, and they're always like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, like, how can someone do that in such a short amount of time? And, you know, he's he had a system. It was like, it's like, um... I don't know, like doing chain mail, you know, there was, it's a system, <laughs> right, right? right? It's like a pattern and he does the same thing over and over again. He has like a way to do things. And because he has that and he built up the system, he can rearrange that system to fit any pattern and just put it into a landscape. Now, obviously he's coming up with these landscapes and not right on the spot. He would always paint one beforehand right. and he'd have that painting with him in the studio and he'd reference that as the reference for the painting. Right. So he'd always have one that he did beforehand and then he'd do it. So, you know, it was like, but I, I liked the fact that it kind of humanized him and it made like it kind of talked about the history behind what happened and and like how the channel started and how, or how the the, um, <laughs> the show started and and his ideas behind different things and how he changed his persona to be like more, you know, specifically his audience was women. So he's like, let's let's pull up the more audience like, you know, let's we're, we're doing a show for an audience and right. Maybe, maybe it's just my personal taste and what I wanted from a Bob Ross documentary, right? <laughs> you wanted I, a Bob I, Ross episode in a Bob right, Ross documentary. Right. I feel like there's Happy so trees. much, there's so much of him, like interesting things I would feel about right. him without having to dig into all the other stuff, but that's what they were going for. And it, it was cool to see. And like you said, I was going to ask you as a, a painter about Bob Ross, but I think, that style it's almost it's like the uh it's the seed of easy painting like paint nights that are now right yeah have been popular or were yeah, exactly. before the Sip pandemic paint. yeah right it, right it's something you can do simple simple and and i don't think it's a cheap art form because he has tricks to making paint look like life and that's right. what a lot of great fine art is. It's tricks to make paint look like life or right. architecture or trees. It's just a different way to do it. So it might not be fine art, but it's it has just as much value, in my opinion. And because Bob Ross, Bob Ross sold himself, like a lot of big artists do anyway. Right, yeah. He's doing the same thing. And, uh, I mean, he made plenty of money and, you know, he can do something in 30 minutes that someone might not be able to do. Yeah. And his, I mean, his goal wasn't to be a great artist. His goal was to inspire people to paint mm. and to say, like, you can do it. Like, you are, like, good enough to do this. Try it. And look how easy it can be mm. with these few little techniques, right? You just do a little, like, fan brush left and right and you can make a pine tree. If you take a palette knife and you scrape it down, you know, some light paint over dark paint and you kind of let it scrape, it's going to create texture. Like mm -hmm. I do all that stuff in my paintings, mm -hmm. but, but I'm doing it in a way where I'm, I'm, you know, as a landscape painter, I would paint from life predominantly. That's what I prefer to do. Like if I'm going to do a painting in the studio, it's going to be, I'm going to push it to ab to like either not like completely imaginary, but I'm going to push different elements of it. That's going to push it outside of the realm of just observational artwork and it's going to be something else you know so so i think that's where like he was basically giving a whole like generation of people the keys to the car to go out and have fun and paint and and be inspired 
you know, right. and just like do what you want to do. And that's what his goal was, was to inspire and teach. It wasn't to be a famous artist like that. I mean, I'm sure he enjoyed the fa- he enjoyed the fame, but I know that like at least I know per the documentary, like he was a little <laughs> surprised, right? Like how the fame built with him, right. you know, because which is good. It's I mean, I think you go into something with an honest desire and then the outcome or the like trickle down effect of that, of that desire. If it's a pleasant trickle down effect, that's great, you know? Mm-hmm. And obviously as his fame grew and there's you know different people like maybe try to take advantage of him and take advantage of the money and whatnot. But, but you know, they were also pushing him to do better things and try different things and, and maybe giving him that guidance that made him have a wider network. You know, he could cast a wider net to inspire more people. So, right. like, he wasn't trying to make fine art paintings that were going to go in a museum. He was trying to show other people with his painting how you can do it easily and quickly and be satisfied and create something that looks good so then you want to work again and again and again. Because mm-hmm. right. the worst thing about trying to do something as an artist is failing and then not having the confidence to try it again. You right. know? Or, or as, or as a, a student of anything. You know, like you go in the first time, you just don't do well. That's hard to try again. You know, it's like riding a horse. It's hard to get back on when the horse kicks you off because yeah. it hurts. <laughs> right. So he helped, he helped people do their firsts or whatever, get into mm-hmm. painting in a way that they could make something that looked nice, like the sipping paints, right? You're like, oh, look what I right. did. Like, this right. looks cool. Right. I want to try it again. I'll buy Bob Ross paints. Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah, the value of it is the value to yourself. So that's yeah. just like any paint. That's like any artwork people like. There's a moment when you can scoff at maybe something someone likes, whether it's a type of painting or a type of movie or, or you know, a, a type of music. But right. there's only so much. We all go, well, you know, that's what you like. It's Yeah, right, exactly. Um, you have your opinion, you know. I was you. I was listening to I forget what podcast. They were talking about talking to a a whiskey maker and asking, "Look, how should I drink it?" Because a lot of people, you know, if you want, if you put ice in your whiskey, they'll make fun of you, or you know, something like that. Right. And he's yeah. like, "Drink it to your taste. If you want ice in your whiskey, don't let anyone tell you that you shouldn't put ice in your whiskey. Like, yeah, it's, you're that, there to enjoy it. <laughs> like, you're paying the money to, for that's it. That's to your taste. And a lot of these things, a lot of these things that people scoff at, are just." They're fads in themselves. They're, they're, a few people wrote a few articles about saying, right. this isn't how it should be done. And then everyone else goes, oh, uh, okay. And they just listen along. And then when they hear someone else bring up the same exact opinion they had maybe a year ago, then they scoff at them for having that opinion. Right. Because yeah, they're exactly. not in the know. <laughs> Even though a year yeah, ago right. you thought the exact same thing. But, oh, you're not in the know. Yeah. And that's then, so yeah. last year. Yeah, right. right. Oh, yeah, I thought like that once. I was, I was stupid. You know, it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to be stupid, too. <laughs> <laughs> now I know. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, he just he had a great technique and personality. And we all watched it because it was on PBS and the whole country knows it. And everyone has has watched it. And it's been on for so long. Um yeah, I didn't necessarily want to go on a Bob Ross kick, but I like, <laughs> I, I, you know, all his quotes are good and, and just something yeah. like that. Finding something to where you can express yourself to others in some yeah. type of art form is a great thing. And that that is anything you do creatively. Right. Yeah. And I think like you I think you used uh, Adam Savage's uh, quote or a part of his quote about being a maker, what it is to be a maker. Mm-hmm. And I've showed my students that video because it's really good. It's like. 
as as a teacher when when you can when you can teach or guide a student to do something but then then when they do it right you can see how much that success means to them mm-hmm. you know like they do something and it clicks and they do something I would say right, quote unquote, right, you know, because in art, there's not, there's a difference between right and wrong. But if I'm teaching a, a student to do like, you know, one point perspective and they're screwing, they, they're like, can't really get it. And then they get it right. And then they can do five, six, seven, ten lines on their own. And it works perfectly. Right. You can see, you can see it in their expression and how they speed up and how they really feel confident that they're now, they know they can express themselves through this imagery. And that's right. a cool that's a cool experience for all people to have that yeah. feeling to be able to like it, I've done this thing and now I'm expressing it to other people and I it, get it. It's know? like it's like the original the, the first time when you learn how to draw an apple or a round object. Right. Yeah. You need those <laughs> techniques. There is a right way to make it look three dimensional. Right. And you have yeah. to know those techniques or tricks or whatever to figure it out. So someone will teach you the quote unquote right way to do it, and then once you know that. You're confident going forward, and then you can change things up like any art form. Right. Yeah, I think that's that's like those uh, that's the early stages of the maker switch. <laughs> <laughs> like as soon as you learn a trick, and you can do that trick if it's in art or if it's in math or if it's in anything, and then you're like, oh, look at this trick. You like show someone else. Look what I can do. Like look what <laughs> I can make. It's like right. that, I always think about the little dog drawing that you would draw, like the little line, and it's like the, uh, the uh, kind of hound, the, the slouchy hound dog with the mouth right. and thing. You know, it's like yeah. once you know how to do that, and then you like show other people, like look at this cool thing I can do. You know, that that opens up that kind of joy in you, and I think that's that's kind of that's an idea to make or switch. Like you switch that make or switch on, and and it's hard to switch it back off. You're like, oh, what else can I make? Right, because a, a lot of people <laughs> turn that off before they even get started. Right. Or yeah. they just, they don't even try. I can't do that. And a small example, right. it's, yeah, it's not exactly. even really uh, <laughs> a guy. Well, my uh, brother-in-law, mm-hmm. he, uh, we were getting ready for my daughter's first birthday party and we were blowing up balloons. And he's like, I'll blow them up. You tie them. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm not good at tying them. And I saw him do it. He was wrapping them around one finger and trying to do it. <laughs> and then it was just saying, oh, there's a trick. You know, you just do two, wrap it around and go through like that. He's like, oh, he's like, how after 30 some years, I didn't know that. But <laughs> yeah, right. it's someone who it, that happens to all of us. You just go, I don't know that. I can't. I, right. I don't I don't do that. Or I, I, I can't do that. And it's like then someone comes along and just goes, oh, no, no. Look, look here. Just just do it this way. And it, oh, oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Someone someone gives you the trick. Right. Someone right. teaches you. <laughs> right. Or, and that's the thing, too. Like he probably there are probably other people who tried to teach him his mom or you know like other people who he might have just had like it turned off toward like yeah whatever <laughs> i don't i don't really care you know but then you come along and you're like he's helping you out and he wants to help you know and so you're just like oh here let me show you real quick a trick and then yeah. he's like he's open to that right because it's someone else and he's and he wants to help you know so he doesn't want to feel like he can't help so he's like all right let me see what you got and then it's like oh okay yeah, now I know the trick. Now, now all of a sudden, like the world of balloons is open to him. <laughs> He's going to be a balloon. He can be a clown balloon. now. Yeah, right. Exactly. What have I done? <laughs> it's funny. I, we um, uh, kind of getting into what we've been up to. My wife and daughter and I went to a um, an archery range that we hadn't been to before um, on Sunday last week, last weekend. And we took a class with um, one of the archers there that's part of the actually SCA, Society of Creative Creative Anachronisms. 
Um, and they do like events and stuff at this range. It's the Baltimore Bowman. Dev, you know that on Harford Road? Like, yes. If we're going yes. down yep. to the Seven Sisters, it's got that sign mm-hmm. that hangs there with a the little yeah, archer yeah. on it. Like yeah. I've seen, it's like that place has been there my entire life. Right. Like, I remember being a kid and driving by and be like, cool, it's like Robin Hood on that sign. Never, <laughs> never gone in there because I always assumed it was like a private archery club. Um, but it's actually like an equestrian center, so it's got horses and stuff. And then if you drive down the back to this like kind of a dirt road that goes to the back, there's a whole archery center in the back. So we went and took a class. There were three other people that were there along with Nicole and Corinne and myself. And, um, and he was giving us pointers on form and stuff and, and talking to Nicole and talking to Corinne and, and at the end, he was like, you know, he said specifically about Corinne, like she's, she's strong. She's got, you know, she's good. She has decent form. You know, there are things that she's to work on, but she might need to work on that with somebody other than you two, right? Because she can hear it from you, but she's not hearing it. You know, right? Like you need someone else who's just someone else who's not associated, right? It's not her parents. It's like another person who's an, an archer and they do like all sorts of free classes and stuff. And you can kind of just set up through the email. Like this person's going to be here on Saturday. If you want to come and they'll show you some pointers, right? It's all, it's pretty much open. And there's yeah. a, there's like a yearly family rate. It's like 40 bucks a year or something to be a member. Oh, that's nice. You know, then you can go anytime you get the, like there's a combination on the gate. So there's, there are, par- there are days that are open to the public. And then there are days that are open just to like the members. So, but it was cool. It was really fun, and and but that it was that thing, right? It was like she was listening to him, trying to do what he was saying, but but like actually trying, as opposed to listening, but then just being like, yeah, I'm having fun. Like, let me just do my thing, you know? Right. Because she was like open to hear it from someone else. Yeah, it's <laughs> sometimes it's like when you're a kid and your parents give you advice. You don't really take it as advice. You take it as another rule, right? Just to like, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, put your helmet on and. And then there's also like, hey, drive carefully or don't treat someone like this. Or, hey, you just feel like it's another, yeah, 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 I got it, I got it. Yeah. yeah, it's another nag or something. Right, yeah. Like, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah, that's, then, that's Then cool. you get older and you're like, oh, that was actually all, like, I'm not, <laughs> your parents are like, I'm not just telling this to you for my the fun of it. Like, I'm <laughs> trying to give you something that, you know, I'm not, it's not just for fun, it's just for me to give you rules. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's, um. That's nice. Yeah, I got to go down there. That's cool. It um, was awesome. It was really cool. They had, like, they have, um, they have two, uh, 3D courses in the woods that you can nice. go through that are like set yeah, up, yeah. kind of like the one at Oregon Ridge. Yeah. Um, I didn't actually see him, but he told me where they were. And then they have a whole bunch of, um, I think I guess they're just called Pels, which are just like targets at the end of a range. So they have a range, and then there's like seven or eight targets that are spaced out, you know, fifteen feet apart, and then you can kind of shoot, you know, from one end of the range down range. So it was pretty cool. We had some, he had some uh, 3D targets. So, you know, um, shapes of animals. There was like a pig, like a warthog and a bear and a ram. And we were, and then all these little, uh, like one foot tall minion type characters that he had. (laughs) (laughs) And they were cool. They were like, you know, like stuff, probably eight inches in diameter and a foot tall, you know? So kind of just these tall, skinny things, almost like uh, bowling pins. And we were aiming at those, shooting them and stuff. But yeah, it was fun. They were it was cool. They were really heavy. Like you could shoot them, and they wouldn't fall over. I was like, huh, must be really dense. You know, full of one of the things that I that I've used or I've seen people use is um shopping bags. You get like tons of plastic shopping bags, and you just jam a target full, and it gives mm. you that density in it. So I think that might have been what it was, but I'm not sure. It's a good way it to recycle fun. it. Yeah. 
but it was cool. Um, it was good. It was good to like hear um, some like a, a lot of what he was saying was because it was kind of an entry level class. It was kind of to figure out where we were and to kind of give us pointers and also just the safety of using that area because you have to take their kind of safety intro course to be able to become a member and then use the ranges. Right. Um, but it's free. You know, just you just have to sign up and go and do it. You know, it's like two hours on a Sunday. But it, was, it was a beautiful day for it. But it was fun. It was fun to like get some pointers and and hear him talking about form and the different things and. And gave us like a different way to shoot distance so instead of like you know aiming up instead of like tilting your shoulders he's always like tilt from the from the waist right so then you have like your form and then you're tilting at your hips instead of tilting from your shoulders you know like to get that distance uh, yeah. so you still have the same form across your chest and arms so i was like oh that makes a lot of sense yeah that, that does cool. make sense yeah so that's great yeah right pointers. like we said before you need someone to give you those tricks and uh right yeah and it's even if we have natural talent or you have natural talent in something. There's always someone who can help you um, funnel it, right? Funnel yeah. it correctly. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah, you, you've got it, but do this, funnel it, and make it more consistent. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. And um, just, yeah, like you said, those tricks are good to hear sometimes, you know. Yeah. And I've never taken a class or anything for archery. I've just, you know liked archery as a kid and then started making bows and then you know just have shot a lot so right you know I've, I've obviously watched a ton of youtube videos and watched some things on how to be you know how to shoot better and more accurately and i've seen people talk about form and stuff i've never had a class with anyone so you know everything that i do is based off of just my own experience and then also tips that i picked up from people online so but uh but it was good to have someone one-on-one it's fun yeah that's cool i'll have to, I'll have to check it out um I've been working on we're um, we're gonna move, so we're I am surrounded by boxes right now. Nice. <laughs> but that's what's, ex- your, what's do you have a move date yet? Um, I know you said BFB is like November or something is the hard cutoff date. Well, we're trying to close by the end of this month. Right on. So awesome. next week. Cool. That's the yeah, aim. That's uh, so we've been packing and uh, it's exciting. Um, yeah, I don't know. We we didn't start moving yet, but we have a lot of stuff, and we gotta um, gotta get ready and and uh, figure out how we're gonna do it all. But it's it's exciting. It's it's nice. It'll, it'll be nice to have some That's, a little yeah. little area to ourselves, and yeah, stop paying yeah, stop paying for rent for now. That'd be nice. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Put money towards something that you can get it back eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, right on. So, that's exciting, and we we put out the uh, the video, which was which is nice. Yeah. Yep, that went out Finally. today. <clears throat> yep. That's that's something different and cool, and um, Nebula really hooked us up with the projector, and we've talked yeah. about it, and that was really nice, and they trusted us. So hopefully, you know, you guys go and watch it and get some views on it, and hopefully they they sell some some things, and we have a. Um, our first uh, affiliate affiliate link is to that. Yeah. So if you guys are looking for a projector, it's nice. It's it's sweet. It's 4K HDR. Um, yep. Really nice speakers on it. I'm sure if you want to use it for home theater, you'll still set up some type of sound system or something. Sound system. Yeah. Right. But if you do want to take it outside like we did, and if you do just want to pull it out for like – football or something having people over you can shoot it against the wall it's got plenty loud like we were outside and we had it we had it bumping 
You were oh, sitting. Yeah. You, you were sitting next to it. It's great. It's got good bass. It's just good sound yeah. all around. Um, and it, yeah, it does for such a small like system with small speakers. It did sound really good because it's got like this. The speakers are facing all directions, so you really do get that kind of full sound. Right. Yeah, so nice. if you sat it down your coffee table and, and shot it at an empty wall, it would fill up a room. It would. It would oh, be yeah. great for. Um, yeah, like so sports and stuff, even movies. If you're not too worried about. Um, get a ton of bass or a ton yeah of, you know, or or you yeah. know where the audio is coming from you might be sitting next to it so right. but um it's nice we got some codes on the video if you guys are interested i think they give the standard coupon they give out to some people are like 200 bucks off so it's it's pretty expensive but i think that brings it down to like 1400 yeah for the 4k version for the 4k ex- version i think it's an extra an extra 50 dollars on top of that if you lo- use the specific link that we have on the video um here i'll double check i'll let everyone know right now so yeah if you are looking for a projector and you're looking for a decent one this is a really good projector um yeah so it's uh, the discount code gets you 50 dollars 50 bucks is the code plus the 200 dollars coupon so mm-hmm. a, a total of 250 dollars now these codes are specifically for uh let's see they're they go until the 24th so it's it's kind of the, the 4K one only goes to the 24th. The um, the 1080P one goes until the 26th. So it, they're kind of quick for the the coupon for you know getting the discount. It's a quick turnaround. But um, even if you don't, if you do end up getting it later, like we'll have affiliate links. So if you are looking for a a nice projector, you know check it out. Um, you could probably still get the coupon even if it's later. But you know you will also get some. Uh, some some uh money from that some kickback because if you you know if you're clicking <laughs> from our video you're using our affiliate link yeah so, so we'll get uh, it's, back, which is nice yeah if you're in the in the uh in the market in the market for it you can yeah. check out it, it's sweet and you can set up a hundred fit we had a 150 inch screen we could probably yeah. go a little bigger i pulled it back farther and it didn't lose much uh quality so yeah. It's really, it'll definitely fill up a whole wall in your house for sure. Yeah. Um, Devin did a kick-ass job painting it. it looks hey. awesome. <laughs> Doing like the decals of the the film reels on the side and spraying that. They worked looked really nice and you know worked out well. I would like. Doing decals well sometimes is tricky. Obviously, if you're having like a sticky decal, I think was what you had, which works well. But you know it can be can be tricky. I think you did a really good job. Looks Thanks. awesome. Yeah. The, um, I don't know. Did I talk about it? Yeah, I just took um, uh, the the cricket, the cricket that, yeah. that my wife has. Oh yeah, we did talk about that. And I just mm-hmm. took some um, online images and made them into silhouettes and used that. And it was uh, it worked nice. And we sprayed it, and it's uh, pretty cool, pretty sweet looking, and uh, it's ready to be used. I want to use it. Hopefully, when we move to the new place, we'll set up something yeah, and have a right. couple nights before it gets too cold. Maybe some football, maybe like a couple movies, and then, and then yeah, take it inside. Yeah, that'd be sweet. I wonder. I think you said you talked about making like a um, a frame for it. <clears throat> you yeah. say PVC? Is that what you said originally? Like possibly using PVC? A, yeah, a lot of people use PVC. I feel like the PVC would be too flexible, though. Like to get a good hold. You could probably use like black pipe, and it would be just as cheap. I think black pipe's pretty cheap. You can get like ten foot sections for ten bucks, fifteen bucks, or something. Yeah, a couple, um, a couple people I saw they had PVC, and there's a center 
PVC beam across the a middle, yeah, long like wise. Yeah, so okay. that's a little tricky too, though, because then you have because then you have a thing behind it. Yeah, you have a thing behind it, a pretty yeah. thin, a thin, stretchy fabric. You'd have to probably put like a tarp, some right. type of black tarp behind. It. That's a lot, and that's what I might do. Um, okay. Yeah. Right. So you like wrap it and then put it on top of that. Yeah. 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 I was I was thinking like if you did if you did it with black pipe, then it would be plenty rigid and it's heavy enough too that it's gonna like support its own weight with even with like a little bit of wind. Um, and black pipe comes with all the connectors, like the the um, the corner connectors, connectors and T braces, and you know four ways and stuff. So it gives you a bunch of options. Um, yeah, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll do a video about it. Yeah, either, either that or a screen. That'd be cool. Or uh, really something. Well, I'd probably do that, or just uh, paint the side of one of the sheds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, right. white and see how it goes. <laughs> just put up. Yeah, right. Yeah. Clean out a spot to have like a nice seating area. <laughs> yeah, just paint the shed, and then it'll be away from the house, and you can watch movies all night. And then, but anyway, so yeah, it's it's cool that video is finally out. We had some issues getting it out, but it's out now, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, and it turned out really good. I was really happy with it. Like the pacing was good. Um, I like the way you kind of got the feeling of like there being a lot of cuts with the circular saw blade, but not like spending a lot of time filming you know like multiple like jump jump right. jump 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 you know like okay yeah it took a lot to cut out all these little pieces but then the speed of like putting those together with the pneumatic nail gun and the glue like it works so well like so quick you know it was like yeah we spent like a decent amount of time figuring everything out and then cutting all the wood and then like the assembly was no- nothing you know it was like right everything went together right really it's quick, hard to figure nice. out where you want to spend the time on that Right. Because making a box is mainly the figuring and cutting out, cutting it mm-hmm. out properly, right? The nailing it and screwing together and gluing, it's not that, it doesn't take that long. So I had to figure out, yeah, what, what we had to do for pacing. It t- yeah, it turned out nice. And like I said, yeah, all those cuts, I just had to kind of speed through them. But I wanted to right. show a lot of them and a lot of the measurements and stuff. But we made sure that we showed and you described kind of continually describing what you want to do what you're thinking show enough of that to keep people involved and interested right um and then keep a little keep a little bit where you're not then sometimes we do it where we're just like "Eh, let's not explain this part and just let people go along with it and go wait what's he doing now why is he uh oh you know let him like like any good show like bob ross sometimes he might tell you he's gonna do a mountain or he'll just start doing it and then by right. the time you know like, he's oh, doing it, then, he, the then he'll yeah. tell you. Or, yeah. yeah, right, exactly. Because, <clears throat> yeah, you got to give people the kind of benefit of the doubt that they can fill in with some of that stuff. Right. You know, some of it – it's funny. I, I'll often say, obviously, when I'm teaching, I'll be like, you know, blah, 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 obviously this. And I'm like, wait, hold on. Not obviously. <laughs> right. You know, like, because you may not know that this mm. is the thing. But in my mind, it's something that's obvious. But for everyone else, it's not. Like – it's it's weird. I, I've noticed. I've said it a couple times this week because I'm working with my students right now. We're building um, that each year. There's what's called National Parking Day, and what Parking Day is is uh, um, it's one day where uh, like design firms and schools and and independent artists and stuff are around the world will build a uh, a mini park to fit inside of a parking spot. So they'll kind of like uh-huh. find a parking spot. They'll take it over, you know, maybe they pay the meter for the day, whatever it is. Like, they do it, you know, do it legally. And then in that parking spot, they put, they'll build a little park, 
you know, so like maybe some AstroTurf, some seating, something to engage the public. But it's just basically to like give more green space to these like to urban areas, you know, kind of reclaim some of these private parking spaces. Right. Um, which like every parking space on the spot on the street is a private parking space. You, you, you can either park in that private parking space for free or you have to pay to park that par- private parking space. Um, so we've been building that. And so. I've been teaching my students about using tools and using, you know, tape measure and square to mark off two by fours and things like that. So it's kind of like this kind of wood shop feel to our class right now, which is really fun. And in my mind, like I'm always like, you know, like to do this, you know, blah, 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 you bring this over here. Obviously you'll do this here. And then I'm like, no, it's not obviously. It's like, (laughs) I need to like, I need to make sure that I'm teaching these, the students that, you know, things that they need to know in a way that I'm not coming across as like, something that you already should know because because i know it you know but um, right you you don't you don't want it to dismiss something that's an opportunity for learning or more questions right because right. once someone says well you know how this and this and this and you almost everyone will just nod along whether they know it or not because right. they don't yeah, they don't exactly. want to look foolish right right yeah they're like oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's yeah. like when someone you start talking about a subject you know about right and then they bring up well well, you know, obviously you've read blah, 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 and you kind of move on, and you have to make a decision there whether you want to stop them and go, oh, actually, uh, no. No, I have Or you yeah, just right, nod exactly. along and go, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> hope they because, move on to another yeah. thing. Because usually you understand that within the context of what they're saying, you understand what they're going, where they're going for. <laughs> right, right. And that's, that's what we do in the videos, right, where we're like, within the context of the video, you understand what this thing is. Whether or not you really understand why I did it straight off the bat, eventually, if you're following along in the video, you'll understand what it's going to be. You know, it's like I don't have to say that every single thing I'm going to do in the video because I can do it and then attach it. And you'll be like, oh, that's where he was going with that. Right. Like, and that's I guess that's the whole thing with the like, obviously, it's like you assume that people will be able to follow along with a certain amount of you know, fidelity because they're watching your video because they enjoy you making things, you know, so you're kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt of being somewhat maker minded. They can fill in the gaps. Yeah. Um, but not to the extent that a lot of like YouTube videos do where it's like 15 minutes and they're just like, they're showing you what they did and not necessarily teaching you. We like to kind of balance that right. The channel. It's like teach you some things, explain some things, but then also kind of just show some stuff happening. Yeah. And I, I left in the two big misses with you with the, uh, with a nail gun, <laughs> oh, good. you had yeah. to pull out. It's funny because, like, out of all those, like, I was pretty good. Like that, I, I know that it was only two. I was pretty impressed. I, was, I know, yeah, it was, good. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it showed, showed both of those. Um, the one you pulled out, and then the second like, one. <laughs> and I had edited it right, and I was going back to check it. Uh, you know, do quality control and watch it and make sure it felt right. And then I, I, I remember watching it again and not really remembering how I edited it, like the week before when I started. Right. And say, oh, I see a mist. I see a mist there. Like, I could see the, the nail through. Right, yeah. And as I was watching, I was like, I hope I put him pulling that second one out. Because we just saw <laughs> And then a few shots later, I pulled out. Nice. So I, I pat myself <laughs> oh, on the okay. back for that. I was like, good job. Good job, Devin, a week ago. That's what I wanted to see. <laughs> That's what, Yeah, right, exactly. I hope that I remembered to edit that part in. You're like, oh, there it is. Nice. <laughs> right, because so, you can see the mistake and you want it. Like, oh, he's going to fix that, right? If anyone catches yeah, it, you right. want them to go, oh, look, he missed one. And then, oh, there you go. He's pulling it out, you know. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if you showed, like, 
it'd be it'd be different if I had a bunch of misses, right? And you showed a bunch of misses, and you showed me pulling one out, mm-hmm. right? Then they could then again they could fill in the gap, so they pulled the other ones out. But right, yeah, that's fun. And then we did the uh, we did the photo shoot for the thumbnail, which was fun. Yeah, <laughs> I like. Oh right, you, yeah. you kind of had the idea of like, what if you're like holding the box up? And you're like aiming it out, you know. So it's like to me, in my mind, the person that I imagine doing that is is the 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 black guy from the movie Predator, when they're like the first Predator, where they're in the jungle and he's got the big Gatling gun. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's like, <laughs> ah! and he's like, like yeah, and the gun's just like screaming and he's just yeah. shooting like he's got that big heavy gun that's kind of what i was like that's what i was imagining is like holding this box up and the light is like my gatling gun like just mowing down like the jungle <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that's, that picture that's who i felt like i was that's the that guy that's like, exactly a bunch of 80s movies. that's that's how i was thinking about it too yeah yeah because <laughs> i that's kind of the way you can hold it though right one on top and kind of one on the bottom hold it to your side right yeah like you've got a big machine gun, right? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> and right, I wanted to see because it's like anything. It's I guess it's a movie trick, right? Or it's it's a concert trick. It's a bunch of stuff. You need the smoke. You need the yeah. atmosphere to make the lights look good. Lights don't look good unless there's some type of smoke or atmosphere. That's why right. at every concert before they go on stage, the smoke machines are kicking. Right. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So you need to you, you don't just want to see you holding something, and it just uh, you, all you would see is that little dot of light coming out of the <laughs> right. Exactly, just the projection. So, Boink. so we were thinking. I was like, first I asked you. I was machine. like, do we have a smoke machine? I feel like someone has a smoke machine, or I think we did have one at one time. I don't know where it went. And then I was like, ah, what can we do? And I don't. You said it, or I said it. I was like, hey, maybe like a smoke bomb, because we got we got a firework mm-hmm. place right over the uh, PA line. Yeah, and you had so said we, like, what about smoke machine? And I was like. And or we had said smoke bombs, and literally like the day before, the day of that you said that when we were thinking about it, I had found like four smoke bombs in my basement, and I lit them off just for fun, like with Corinne <laughs> outside. And then you said, "I was like, oh man, I had these like I literally just lit off these four like you know five year old smoke bombs." But I'm glad anyway. I'm glad you didn't have them because what we did, I was talking to our dad about it, and he just light a fire throw some leaves on i was like oh it's one of those things right perfect where someone you just needed what they say like you need fresh eyes on a project yeah exactly or fresh ears you need someone someone else to to take it really quickly yeah and i was like oh yeah right away endless fire we have the fire pit right there obviously you have it's it's starting to get a little bit chilly so there's leaves all over i was like oh it's perfect yeah exactly yeah and then it you can great. try yeah. as many times as you want to smoke bombs we'd probably only buy a bag or two and you kind of put them off and i feel like we wouldn't have had as many right. chances because we we just you know we do what we do we shot for like a half an hour and just kept throwing leaves on kept throwing leaves on shooting yeah. uh, let's try this angle let's try that angle let's move the light yeah uh, and then aim this a little bit more dustin do some faces or he's or you're moving and you're you're getting your position nice how you like it you know I'm, yeah and it turned out cool. We had a really good one, and I'm actually really happy with that thumbnail. It's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and, like, the smoke is good and streaky, and it's colorful, too, because it was, like, yeah. shooting the, the actual screen, like, the home oh, yeah. screen of, like, of the Amazon or whatever it is. Like, home screen was, like, was on the screen, so you got all these cool colors in it. Right, which was another thing I wouldn't have even thought of unless it was on that home screen because, right. yeah. you know, a home screen to any smart tv or you know it has all your little apps your little squares of color and then around them it's like black or a a dim color so you get these 
all these beams of like different colors and like if we would have just paused a, a screen of a single color or you know landscape which actually it had gone to it had gone to a screensaver remember when it happened and we were like wait why does it look oh weird? yeah yeah exactly like, it doesn't why look interesting like, it looks like one yeah. like one big beam what happened to all our colors and <laughs> right yeah and we're like, like oh, oh. With the screens are we to wake it back up <laughs> <laughs> right so all those cool colors are like you know youtube and hbo max yeah. and amazon prime all the apps and the, that and the was, thumbnail's yeah. great too because it looks like because the way it was the fire was kind of between us you were standing mm-hmm. kind of off to the side of it and it was to the left of us but like to my left and your right you know so it was kind of right there so i was aiming the the box you know through it to try to get good like you know light through the smoke and so the photograph looks really cool because there's no smoke in front of me i'm really clear and, this, and mm-hmm. it's just the light. It's like it's just this blast of light through smoke, which is like, how did we even do that? You know, <laughs> like the little <laughs> tricks of photography. Oh, try this, try this. And we were just, unfortunately, it wasn't super windy that night, so we were getting like the smoke was rising pretty right. much straight up, which was good because it wasn't blown all over the place. But it was also a little annoying because we had to like make it move better. You know, like so we had Corinne out there with us, and she was fanning it around and kind of moving this big piece of cardboard in a circle to get it kind of to flow open <laughs> yeah. and. And there were there are a lot of photos you covered in smoke, like the you know Egyptian. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> right, that's yeah. the key, folks. You just take take about, I'd say a hundred to three hundred photos of what you think right. you want to do. Right. Yeah. Because it's it's free. It photos are yeah, free it's now. Beauty, beauty, yeah, beauty of digital. Right. Yeah. You never know if it's totally focused or or someone, especially if you're shooting a person the faces are constantly changing or they're talking or you get one thing and their face isn't right. Yeah. Just keep snapping, snapping, snapping. Just <laughs> make space. Right. Exactly. The only thing that stopped me from make taking more photos was that on that same card was the photos of the birth of my daughter. So I had to stop. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to delete these. I'll leave these on here. <laughs> yeah. Those. And then also the one year old photos, right? It was like, oh, yeah, I guess right, you had everything right. in there. It was like that whole thing, but it was funny. You were you were talking about doing that with her to kind of get that like one year old photo, and um, it was the same thing. You took you know like a hundred photos of Maeve to get that one mm-hmm. good one. Yeah, you know, just her. And it was funny watching like all the photos because you're taking them so fast. It was like this little animation of her kicking her legs out and smiling <laughs> and making weird faces and moving all around. It was, it was great. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how people did it with film in the old days. Like know, right? who who would shoot children and families? Like oh, that had to be yeah. so frustrating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have a session. You, you use like I don't know, what, three rolls of film or something. So maybe right. maybe sixty photos, maybe right. ninety photos. I mean, I guess and, that's and, the thing, right? You would just take you would take multiple rolls, right? But it, it was a slow process. You got like right. one chance at every smile, instead mm-hmm. of a shutter that would take five pictures a second. Right, exactly. You know, once you start yeah. smiling, you just hold it in, and you get yeah. you know you get a little bit, but. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, that thumbnail was fun. We did that, and I edited it and did some stuff. And I always vignette slightly. It's a nice look. It's a nice finished look. Right, yeah. Um, and not for, too... yeah, for those of for people who are not sure, vignette is basically like a little bit of a darkness around the photo that comes in from the sides. It's almost right. like a circle yeah, yeah, yeah. of darkness that's like it starts to crop in on the photo. So you vignette it, was... it can just kind of darken everything on the outside. Focus right. in the middle. If I'm thinking correctly it was because the way lenses used to be made they had darkness that's how it's just a lens thing 
an right. older the lens. They, they figured well. out how to clear up the edges of the frames later on. But for a long time, you had that. So yeah, right. that, that defect looked like what people thought professional photos looked like or what people thought something like a older photo or a Western-style photo, right? They always vignette mm-hmm. the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And then people did the opposite, right, for so long for glamour photos where they would do the white vignetting. You know, uh, yeah. they do the yeah. white cloud. It looks like clouds, right? So it seems like yeah. this f- glamorous, even though it doesn't really look like, but it's a, the thing they used a lot um, for, uh, instead of making a harsh oval for someone's pa- uh, portrait, they would do like. Right. It would like the, fade in from white into like their color. Right. Right. right yeah. Right. So um, coming out of a, of a cloud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I do a little bit, and I did a little bit more of that, and then I had to really black out. Luckily, on the left side of the frame was just darkness behind you where the trees were. Ah, right. So as the bottom was, I could see a lot of the warmth, and the fire pit was like you could see some flames. So I just I blacked all that out and just oh nice yeah (laughs) and just wiped it all out. Like everything to my like left in the photo and next to the box and stuff. Yeah, that was all just. The light, because there were lights on me, and so there was lighting up the stuff in the background, which is like a hedgerow and a tree, and yeah, I noticed when you sent it to me, I was like, nice. You just kind of like, so it's just the focus on me, and then holding the light and blasting it from my hips. I'm still (laughs) learning stuff like Lightroom and and things like that. that I haven't had any training in that type of thing. Right. Mine's all in editing. Um, So stuff like that, I keep finding stuff like... Obviously, there's stamp tools and uh, healing tools where you're, you're, you're clearing things up. Oh, let's see, yeah. there you go. I did. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> That's the thing that I always do. Obviously, this and this, like, <laughs> right? Because yes. when you, yeah, you're talking if about anyone's basics, familiar think, with, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. It's you just think the way, people know the basics, right? Yeah, the computers now they can take if there's like a scratch on your face, I can click on it with a circle, and it will find a color nearby that will match that. And then it'll, whoop, it'll make it disappear. So any blemishes, that's how they get rid of it. Right. Stuff like that. If there's big, crazy things like that, sometimes you'll clear it out that way. But yeah. there's also, which I learned just looking through, the brush tool in Lightroom that it it's a gradient brush in a circle, right? Uh-huh. Um, but wherever you lay it down, you can, again, adjust all the same photo things, all the same um, iris and exposure and contrast and sharpness and yada, yada, yada in oh, that spot. Okay. Nice. So you set, you set those levels that you want and then you right. put it in that So spot. if you oh, want okay. a certain, like my issue was if my exposure was too hot, everything was too bright, or maybe let's say everything's set at a good level. But I still think the person, the, the subject, is too dark. Everything else looks around it. Like, I can see out the window, and I can see trees. But right. since since your your exposure is set for outside the window sometimes, right, everything inside is going to be dark. Right, yeah. So if I think, I still want to see those trees, I can pick that area and just set that area at that exposure using this oh, brush. Okay. I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just grab that tree area to, to, to spray it down. Yeah. And then set everything there, and then bring everything else up. Oh, cool! Yeah, right so on. so that's so why you're basically I did. like masking it to like stay yeah. in a certain way, and then everything else you can bring up around it. Right. Uh, that's cool. Right yeah. On. So, so you just like so you use it on me and 
Whatever I use it on you. I brighten else. you up and the things, and then I switched and took another brush, and all I did was drop the exposure for all the outside stuff. Right. Yeah. So woods and the fire under you was just. Yep. I just dragged the exposure all the way down and sprayed it, which turns it basically black. Nice. It's nice. But That's I'm awesome. sure. If people know about it, they're like, duh, that's how it's done. That's how it gets done. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, though. And you don't know. How do you not know Lightroom? <laughs> Stamp tool, clone tool. Obviously. Come on. <laughs> it is. Those those programs are really nice. I mean, I learned Photoshop when I was in, you know, in art school. And just right. the basics of Photoshop, the things that you can do are just amazing. Like, I, any, look, once I learned how to Photoshop an image, I, like I never applied to anything after that with my artwork without touching up that artwork in Photoshop, Mm -hmm. not to change anything, but to make, because when you take from, from real life to a photograph, there's a change. Like there's Mm -hmm. always a change. It's like the, the light was on it. It was either cool light or it was warm light and all your all your colors change from what you look at it and the way you want it to look based off of how your eyes are. So then you can actually like I would put all my images in Photoshop. I would bump either bump up the saturation or I'd or I'd make like the high the contrast up or I'd cool you know the temperature up or down or, you know I'd get it so, until it looked the way that I saw it in my piece. Right. And then I'd apply like because inevitably you take a picture and it's it doesn't look like the way you think that your piece looks in right. my eyes you know because and that's the other thing too everyone's eyes are a little different right I'm looking at the right. piece. It's going to look away. It's going to look a certain way. So I want, if if I can control that. Now, obviously, if I put that piece up on a wall and I'm showing it in a museum, I can't control that. But what I can control is if I take a digital image of that and put it online, I can control what that looks like. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, yeah, the magic of, of Photoshop or any other, like, photo editing programs is really cool. It's a yeah. Cool thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think everyone. But now, now people just use filters. and. Yeah. So it reminds <laughs> me, actually, when... Uh, <laughs> Okay. Sorry, real quick. <laughs> every time, so I have um, pictures of my daughter every month. That's pretty all, pretty much all we put online was mm-hmm. um, of that of her once a month. Typical parents. <laughs> now all the pictures of Maeve. No more pictures of Caitlin and Devin. Oh uh, yeah, we're done with us. <laughs> we're done about us. They have a progeny. We're like, we're like, look, we'll just do one a month. Keep people updated. Yep. And uh, so. We did that, and uh, my wife always jokes, after I'm done, I'll sit here and I'll make it look pretty and work on it and bring her in and say, what do you think? You like this or that? Which one? Or I'll usually, I will pick the ones I really like, and there'll be like six or eight of them, right? Right. Then I line them up on the monitor, and I bring her in and kind of let her, and we talk about which one we want, or one or two. And then I work on those, and I get done, and I'm like, all right, I'm done. I send it to her, and she's always like... All right, what filter should I put on it? <laughs> At the end, I'm like, don't you dare. Son of a bitch. <laughs> don't you dare. I will say that, like, I always filter um, Instagram photos. You know, I always do something to bump them up when I'm taking them. But when I post pictures of, like, thumbnails that you send me, I don't ever do anything to it. Right, it's done. I know, like, it's I mean, done. Yeah, exactly. You've done everything. You have it the way that it should look. Like, occasionally I'll, like, hit a filter and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I don't need to filter this. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's already it, done. It's, You've it's edited filtered. it. It's filtered. Yeah, exactly. It's been I've personally filtered. It. <laughs> so don't, go. <laughs> don't touch it. What filter? No filter. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's just messing with me. She knows how I am, so. Yeah. I was thinking, um, so 
uh, I had Sean on last week because Devin was mm-hmm. working the Orioles game, and you also had the Avit Brothers concert av- afterwards. So yeah, Sean joined us and did a really awesome job. It was really fun. Again, if you guys don't follow Sean, uh, Crafting a Life I Want, go ahead and follow him on Instagram at Crafting a Life I Want, and also go over to YouTube and subscribe there. But uh, we were having a conversation where he was talking about one of the artwork, one of the pieces of artwork that I did for he and Kate when they got married. It's a a kind of a big, maybe a 29 by 41 or so uh, charcoal drawing of a spot up in the woods, up at Lock Raven Reservoir, which is, um, you know, a reservoir near us here in, in Maryland, in Baltimore. And I was kind of walking through the woods, and I knew I wanted to do a charcoal drawing, and I wanted it to be of, like, trees or something. and But I also wanted it to have some type of a metaphor of, a marriage, right? And I'd done similar things in the past and kind of, you see two trees that are kind of interlocked together. And so those are interesting. So I'm kind of walking through and I saw just these two pine trees, approximately the same height, maybe 20 or 30 feet tall in the middle of a, a, a fairly deciduous forest, right? So hardwoods, yeah. so tall poplars and things. And then these two pine trees. So I was like, perfect. That's exactly what I want, right? It's natural. I don't have to make it up. I can just draw what I see. And so I did a drawing of that. And then I don't remember specifically, but Sean said that I had this like uh, tree in the foreground that I put in because it, because the composition needed something in that space. Mm. So I either, so in my mind, I don't remember doing this, but what I probably would have done was what I, w- I would have looked for a tree around that I could reference as that and just slide it into place to mm-hmm. be in that spot. Um, and he was saying how that like when he talks to me about art, it's different than when he talks to Kate, his wife about art um, because she's a photographer, so in her mind, like in her mind, she's she doesn't edit the image at all. She captures the image within a space, but then, like, but then afterwards, she definitely edits. Like, it's that whole right. Photoshop mentality. Like, she's she bumps up saturation and she changes color and light, and she does you know all of her photos are are edited in a way to like to to do what she wants to do. Right, that's when she has the power is to right. like make those edits afterward, those post post uh, photo edits. So, but, uh, but yeah, I definitely, it was fun to talking about that. Cause I definitely do that. And I definitely, definitely will change, um, change things in a landscape to, to work for the image. Right. Cause as an artist, the image comes first. Like I'm trying to say mm-hmm. something with the image, the image has to feel like, because as a landscape painter, I'm, I'm looking at this, 360 degree or 180 degree angle of everything I'm seeing and I have to figure out where in that I choose to put in a rectangle and then I you know and then right, I crop right. everything in that rectangle so then that rectangle that outer line of that rectangle now is is like has power and so what I put in there do I only am I completely true to what's there or do I as a painter or as an artist that I'm not just taking a photograph, then I have to kind of, I'll, I will activate the different areas of that rectangle to make sure that it feels right as a, as a composition. Right. It's, it's how much of that do you want to shift and move? Because if you have a bush to your right, you're, you're getting the shape and form of it, but you're also adding a little stick here and there just to make out the bush form that you know how to paint. Right, or you exactly. know how you yeah. know you know how to work with your your um your palette knife right. to get a bush look to get stick look. So you're, yeah. you're gonna you see the shape, but you're still so that's like the the smallest version of changing things. Right, exactly. There's a tree here, and this is the shape of the tree, but I still got to get this right, and maybe a branch here looks better, and then you can go 
as big as you want and move a whole tree to off to your right. right in the center of the frame if that's something you yeah exactly right and then the, yeah right that goes from like me as a landscape painter to bob ross as a painter <laughs> of trees and mountains so you like right. you take everything you've ever seen in history of landscapes and you just arrange it in the landscape the way you want it to. yeah add your happy you tree go. right there in the middle right exactly or, where, or he's always yeah like in the documentary and, and when, every time you watch him when he does everything in half an hour so at the end if he's getting close to time he knows he's got like four <laughs> three minutes left he's like all right here's when you're brave just uh, and he yeah. drops a giant black streak you know straight down the middle <laughs> or off to the side then he drop puts a giant tree in there or something you know i but, like uh, that yeah and the way he talks about it like you know that he that he's he's an artist first right because he talked about doing that and what that does is that then like it, it activates the space that's close to you. Right. right. Because it's not everything is far away. When you're in a landscape, you have things close to you. So by putting something really mm. close, then all yeah. of a sudden, then, then you're creating way more depth in your image, right? It's right, not right, just right, everything right. that's out like 40 feet and beyond. It's you have something that's up five feet from you and something that's like a foot from you. And you've got these little sticks and grasses that are coming up within your view right in front of you, you know? So you're really activating and pushing that <laughs> space, which is kind of what he said in so many words. But right. Yeah. Like, by putting that, you're active. You're bringing things all the way to the front. I love that. Right. Yeah. The bravery test. Here's your bravery <laughs> test. <laughs> no, he's great. Um, okay. So you got to, I hear you have a trivia yeah, I'm, test. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to switch gears. I have, um, I have a trivia. I thought it'd be fun to do something. So this is uh, episode 61. Sean's with us on episode 60, so not that it matters any, but you know, I felt like it was a, a milestone. We hit the zeros. <laughs> you trying you try to make me jealous? What are you doing? Yeah. So Sean was with me during 60. <laughs> he was here. I don't know where you were. Yeah, at right. a concert yeah. or something. Yeah, hanging out. Which I heard that was a really good concert. Dad said he had a good time. I was great, man. It was, it was, they were, the, the, like, it, um, real quick, it was, one of the first concerts, we haven't had, I mean, we've had small concert after games. For people don't know, I work for the Orioles in in-game entertainment stuff, and we've had a few little acoustic things after, and they've been okay, but we usually don't get well-known people um, to come and do shows. And then we did, we got the Avid uh, Brothers, and it was very cool, but it was raining. And we weren't sure, and the game had already gone late, and it was, it was like almost ten o'clock, and it was still raining, and they had to decide whether because they had to bring out these trailers onto the field and set right, everything yeah. up, and uh, but they did. They finally did finally stopped raining. They put up all these trailers and these big stacks of speakers, and nice. man, they they blasted the place like it was That's real awesome. loud. Um, but it was great. Um, yeah, man, it was, I, I think I put a picture on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, so that was cool. And then uh, Justin Dietrich said he's seen him like four times. Oh, nice. He's awesome. a huge, huge fan of him. And he, he saw him at Red Rocks, too, apparently. Oh, I was man, like, man, that's, so cool. yeah, that's hard to beat, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but oh. it was great. A great show. The crowd that was there was all into it. They had some people on the um, on the dirt right right in front of, oh, yeah. uh, right, right, right around second base. And they had to buy tickets, I guess, but. Right. Anyway, that's where I was. That that was that was really really good right. show. And I I just sat well I sat up in the control room, but then I just went right in the press box and kicked my feet up and <laughs> watched them right there. Nice, that's awesome. That's great. It's a good spot. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, yeah. So I just thought it'd be fun to do a trivia because I haven't done one for you in a while. So 
Uh, this is the the fifteen most difficult movie trivia questions. Movie trivia questions. Oh gosh. <laughs> so was I this did, from I a did, list? <laughs> it's just from online. It's from okay. ScreenRant.com. Okay. So it's called the fifteen most difficult. I look through them, and you can decide if they're the most difficult or not. So you may know some of these that I don't know. Probably you do because. You're a movie guy, and that's what your background is in. All right. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm. I will say, I'm defending myself early here. So when I mess up, <laughs> I'm not good at remembering names, okay. and things like that. Exactly. But yeah, let's let's do it. I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Okay. So the first question is, uh, what film was so scary that theater staff supposedly carried smelling salts for guests? Now this, um, it's a. It's an old one. I'll tell you that. Um, Psycho. Nope. Um, is it uh, The Exorcist? No. Um, it's, older. it's older. Older. You may not know it. But. Hang on. Um, older than Psycho. What was your second one? You said The Exorcist? Yeah. That's on this on the description as what ones may think are the most scary <laughs> ones. It says, at first, many might consider a plethora of, of guts and gore feasts, fests like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or The Exorcist. But Psycho, Psycho is a mental, right, uh, yeah. a scary film. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't know. What do we got? So this says... Uh, um, the film in question isn't one of the many modern horrors, but the original Phantom of the Opera. Oh, <laughs> so, so Lon Chaney was a genius of an actor who did his own makeup for the roles. His Phantom was so terrifying in its time that, according to legend, <laughs> cinemas were encouraged to keep smelling salts on hand for viewers that fainted. I feel like <laughs> that is something that a PR guy came up with. Or yeah, a, or a right, guy exactly. selling tickets. Uh, yeah. Like, so yeah, scary. Right. Like, back then, they, you, there are smelling salts on hand. There's <laughs> there's doctors nearby. Like. <laughs> right, exactly. The original Phantom of the Opera. You know, it definitely looks like it's something from, like, the 50s or something. You know, it's a, it's or, a one, but yeah, that's yeah. That's pretty obscure. The other ones aren't as obscure. Okay, all right. Or maybe right. they are. I don't know. All right, so number 14. What was the first movie to use profanity? Um, can I get a time range? Sure. Um, Nothing comes right to mind. Uh, it's a it's a super famous line that has a mild profanity in it. Casablanca. Um, no, but you're kind of that's the same time period. I don't give a damn. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's that. What what movie is that? That's, uh, played against Sam. Nope. No, that's Frankly, Casablanca, isn't it? Frankly, my dear, I don't, I don't. Get oh, it. nope. Which no, what's Casablanca. that from? It's from Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I was, what was I thinking Casablanca for? Uh, you know what's that? That's at the end. That what does he say? He's like uh, he uh, says to her. He's uh, like. Well. Yeah, I forget. But. Yeah, but anyway, okay. It's do that same thing. It's the same. Do I like, get half a point for for yeah, getting the you, line? Yeah, yeah, you got the line. Yeah, okay, that's right. good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's it, right? That's the line. So I'm, <laughs> that's I'm the half one that has it. Half a point after uh, out of two. Yeah. Okay. Not bad. <laughs> so twenty five percent. All right. 
Number 13, how much power does it take to fuel the flux capacitor in Back to the Future? Oh. I'll tell you, it's... Anyway, I, I know. Well, I, I don't mean, know. Yeah. It's like 100 gigawatts or something. Nope. Not 100. 10,000 10, gigawatts. Nope. It's a, I'll say it's, it's, a, it's a something point something. Something point something gigawatts. Yeah, that I know gigawatts, that. Right? I, I don't know. I don't know what the number is. 1.21 gigawatts to make the DeLorean move through time-space continuum. I got got gigawatts, but I'll just... Yeah, you did get gigawatts. We'll say, yeah. I don't need points on that one. I'll say I still have a half. All right, all right. Um, Okay, number 12. What was the first horror movie to win an Oscar? Psycho. No. (laughs) I'm just going to keep going Psycho. (laughs) It's got to be Psycho. Uh, the birds. Nope. Um, I'll tell you, it's a movie from the early 90s. It's the first horror movie to win an Oscar. Oh. Yeah, so it's more modern, but not not modern, modern, right? Is that like 30 years old? Scream? I, no. No. Nope. That's nope. more funny, but that's yeah. a really good movie. <laughs> um, I, I I'll don't tell know. you that, that the film also won... Uh, won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, and Best Adapted Screenplay. Whoa, it's a horror one movie. Get, get most, one of the most successful and influential films to ever grace the Oscars. Oh, boy. Uh, it had Anthony Hopkins in it. Oh, uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yep, Silence so, of the yeah. Lambs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's a good yep. one. Yeah. All right. So what do we got? You have half a point so far. Yeah. It's okay. It's, right. it's coming around. It's coming around. All right, number 11. What was the first and only animated feature to be nominated for Best Picture? Toy first Story? And, nope. Older. First and only not animated. Uh, animated feature. Nominated Beauty and the Picture. Beast? You got it. Beauty nice. And the Beast. That's pretty good. I'll give, you, I'll give you a point for that because I didn't have to give you a clue and you got on your second try, but you got okay. it. Nice. All right. All right. So we got 1.5. All right. All right. Number 10. What? Oh, man, this is dumb. I must skip this one, but whatever. Uh, what is the number on the roof of the bus in the movie Speed? Oh. The number on the roof. Yeah, I have no idea. 50. Nope. It's 2525. <laughs> it says it's it's seen on the roof in multiple shots. Mm. I, I like I said, I almost I, I was kinda I was flipping through these and I was like thinking, should I skip some? And I was like, I'll just read them all. But yeah, there were there were a few that were I was like, eh. Or maybe not. Yeah. yeah, I just remember that one. I was like, really speed. Well that is obscure. That's yeah. obscure. Okay. Um all right. So number nine. Uh how many meters was the Death Star's thermal exhaust port? Uh, all these number questions. <laughs> I'm not watching it for the numbers. Um, it's like two meters. Dang, right on the money. Yeah. Got it. Nice. Yes. Two meters. Dang. All right. Pulled that one out. Yeah, right. <laughs> two meters. When Luke and Leia and Han and Chewbacca successfully delivered R2-D2 to the Rebel Alliance in the original Star Wars, they used the technical readouts of the Death Star he was carrying to discover the battle station's weakness. A small thermal exhaust port. Um, yeah, he said because I knew it was a small, a, a small yeah. number because he talks about he's I used to shoot blah 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 womp rats out of uh, my speeder and the you know he like talks yeah, about yeah right it. yeah <laughs> a, I can do that whatever the line was. 
Okay, yeah, and it says the plan was to have the X-wings pilots fly fire two torpedoes into the port to set off a thermal. I was think I was looking at the picture and I was like, did they fly into that two meters? Like they didn't have any <laughs> jets that were like six feet wide. <laughs> Space, no, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, nice. Okay, number eight. What was the first sports film to win an Academy Award for Best Picture? First Chari- sports Chariots film. of Fire. No. Uh, a lot younger, a lot newer. Well, um, I guess. I guess it's. I'll tell you. I'll give you a clue. It's from um, uh, the mid seventies. Um, mid seventies. I I don't know. It was Rocky. The first oh. Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's surprising actually it says it beat out uh, all the president's men and taxi driver for best picture. Mm. And it was the highest grossing film in nineteen seventy six. Rocky. That's a Rocky. good one. Yeah. All right. Number seven. Uh dang. Okay. What was the first movie to be rated PG thirteen? I feel like I've heard this before. Um, I'll tell you. Let me see. Hold on. Uh, okay, so it's from 1984. I'll give you yeah, I was going to say, it's like when they started adding PG-13 as right. a thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Any more clues? Um, it says, uh, this new edition was, re- uh, the PG 13 was a response to the wave of parental complaints following the release of Indiana Jones and the temple of doom in May of the same year, which may have been released as a PG or whatever. And people thought it was too much. Um, let's see. How's it too much um, PG? It's parental guidance, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Come on. PG, PG 13. Uh, this is a, um, it has, uh, let's see, I'm trying to give you one of the characters. Um, uh, what's the guy from, uh, two and a half men. That Charlie TV Sheen. Show. Yeah. Charlie Sheen. He's in it. Hot shots. Nope. Uh, platoon. Nope. <laughs> he's, no, he wasn't, he was maybe he's a little younger in this than he was in like platoon. Uh, Teenagers, guns, guns. Um, uh, Red Dawn. Yeah, Red Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give that to you. Wolverine. You got it right. Like, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have got it. Maybe I would have. I don't know. But <laughs> all right, I'll give that to you. We got three and a half points. All right, here we go. Number six. Who was the first female director to earn over $100 million at the box office? Um, I could give you the movie that did it. I don't, and I'm not familiar with the, like, I wouldn't have been able to come up with this, but maybe you you will be able to. I'm not sure. Um, uh, Sophia Coppola? Nope. Uh, this is a, it was a film from 1988 starring Tom Hanks. I don't know. Uh, she she was known for her role as Laverne in the show Laverne and Shirley. I don't know. My oh, I think I, Patty. Close. Patty. Uh, what's her name? Uh, I don't know her full name, but I'm close, right? Yeah, you're close. 
Patty is close. It's not Patty, but it does start with Pe- a P and it ends in a Y. Peggy Lloyd. I don't know what your name. <laughs> Penny Marshall. Penny Marshall. That's pretty good though. You got like you got the like you knew the yeah, name, right? That was the thing. E. Like I didn't know that name at all. Like the fact she's that you one knew of the name is yeah. Like, she's one of the yeah. You know, in my I don't know many women women directors. I mean, there haven't been that many in my defense who have been huge, who's had huge hits, right? Yeah, exactly. for whatever reason. So, but that one, I yeah, I know she's made some. Yeah, so the movie that the movie uh, was big with Tom Hanks. Oh yeah, I was I was thinking it was some type of comedy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I'll give you I'll give you a half point for that one because okay, you were on the right track. (laughs) So you're up to four. All right, here we go. Uh, Number five. What? Dang, I just heard my echo in your uh, in your headset. So careful. Oh, I pulled I pulled my my headphone (laughs) away from my head for a second. Everyone to hear that in the audio. Five, five, five. <laughs> All right. What was the name of the young girl in Jurassic Park? Oh. Come on, man. See, like I said, for one, I don't know names. For <laughs> two, it's slightly embarrassing because I think Jurassic Park is my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> I was going to say, come on. But um, I don't. See, I'm not in it for names. And my yeah. brain just doesn't remember names. Definitely in life, I don't remember names. Right. <laughs> um. Like I can tell you about every scene she's in, and right, you know, exactly. So the the daughter, or, yep. the, or the or the granddaughter. Yeah, right. John Hammond's granddaughter. Right. Uh, um, do you remember the boy's name? No, like I don't remember any of their names. Really, remember, remember when he's like yelling at him, like "Come on, climb." What does he say? Is like I can't remember either. It's like Tommy or something or. <sighs> See, yeah, I'm terrible with names. I love that movie, and I can explain the whole scene, you know? <laughs> yeah, happens, exactly. But I can't. <laughs> Their names, I never... This is something my wife would be good at. She's like, that's blah, 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 you know? It's like when I go into a room with my wife, I'm like, all right, introduce yourself. I'll int- you know, <laughs> and get the name yeah. for me. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, I, will, I will read you the end of this. It says, while even casual fans know her as well as her particular famous scene at the buffet with the green jello, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. few either know or can remember her name. So you're right. Not, how many times? Right. How many times do they say in the script is the thing? Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So you're 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 in the you're in the majority of people who can't remember okay. her name. What, what's what's her name? It's Lex. Lex. Oh, I Lex guess it's her. Murphy. I think yeah. the only time it's like her brother says it. Yeah. You know, exactly. To her. Right. Yeah. Lex. I know. As soon as I saw that, right, I could hear his voice too. Being yeah. Like, see, that's a tough one. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I, I guess know. that's why see, I should know the tough ones. Yeah. Lex. Lex Murphy. Movie, though. Yeah. And right. speaking of the movie, we watched well some of it on the on the video on the projector thing. We did, yeah, I know. When and I we haven't like, we oh, haven't perfect. we don't have any strikes or anything against us for using. Oh, um, nice for footage. using films. Yeah, I right, did uh, for one. I had our music over top of it. Some of oh, it, I okay. had some yeah. bongo music, and one was a real wide shot. And it was only about three seconds, and then one was a tight shot, but I zoomed way in just to kind of get their faces and stuff. So right, it would, yeah, yeah, shouldn't be picked up by a. Uh, computer or something like algorithm, <laughs> yeah, right, hopefully. Awesome. so don't report us folks please <laughs> we only use like 10 Spielberg. seconds total <laughs> all right number four in what movie did john wayne first call someone pilgrim, pilgrim. Listen here, pilgrim. <laughs> um see that's the thing um i don't know my old westerns which i just watched the um the magnificent seven Ah, uh, nice. Just the original a week one? ago. Or the, yeah. or the newer one. Okay. The original. 
Okay, yeah. I was, um, I was, the new one was good too. I saw that. I, I didn't see the new one. I know. Do you know the original original? That's a trivia question for you. <laughs> do I have I seen the original original? Is that or do you know? Do you know what it was? What what the Magnificent Seven is based off of? Yeah, it should be a what's his name? Uh, not is it Kurosawa the the. The right, it's yeah, yeah. Samurai, seven samurai, Kurosawa, whatever. seven samurai. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, come on, man. Come on, I'm just asking. That's an easy one. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> yeah, first movie. First movie. I don't know if can you can you name some early John Wayne movies. Not really. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't <laughs> seen many John Wayne yeah, westerns. Like we just didn't. We didn't watch. I like westerns, but I'll tell you that it's uh, it's. So it's a longer title, but the first words are "the man who shot Liberty Val." Uh, yep, yep, yep. Did I get it right? Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Okay, so I have seen yeah, that one. Nice. Yeah, the man who shot Liberty Valance. Yep. Okay, cool. So I'll give you a half point for that one. <laughs> charity points. We <laughs> <laughs> got a lot right, of charity points here. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, this one's going to be near impossible, unless for some reason you know this, but I would not think you did. But what location served as the setting for many of John Hughes's movies? Now we're not like a big like Breakfast Club family or Sixteen Candles family or Ferris Bueller family. You know, you some a, families you I mean think a are town. in that. You know, you mean a town it's, or a school or what? It's it's a it's a town. Yeah, mm, yeah. I, I I have no. Is it in California somewhere? Or? Uh, no, it's it's um. Might be Midwest. I don't know. Ohio yeah. maybe. Illinois. Uh, so it says John Hughes was also known for setting many of his movies in Shermer, Shermer, mm. Illinois, mm. a fictional suburb just outside of Chicago. This was just because John Hughes himself had lived in Northbrook, Illinois. Northbrook had originally been known as Shermerville, and in fact, uh-huh. his own high school was located on Shermer Road. There you uh-huh. go. That's a that's that's a weird one. I guess, like I said, you know, we weren't really like a Breakfast Club family you know yeah some yeah. people like love that kind of 80s movies and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they didn't really grow up with them no no all right um i would not be surprised if you get this next one but i you know you might not okay <laughs> yeah there you go. We'll stop setting me up there. with, with right, the way go. you think i should do <laughs> i think you might get this one but i don't know <laughs> all right what was george lucas's original last name for indiana jones so it wasn't indiana jones it was indiana something else ah damn Indiana. Jones. Yeah, it's one of those things where I was like, you know, you watch enough documentaries and stuff on different. Yeah, no, I you, you made know, like I, it might have been mm-hmm. something you picked up along. I think I've like watched that. you know the behind the scenes of those movies. Right. Yeah. Um. Indiana. I can give you a kind of general clue that it's another like really common last name. The way Jones is a common last name. Smith. Smith is it. You got it. <laughs> nice. Indiana Smith. Indiana Smith. <laughs> Do you know how? The name Indiana came up. This isn't a trivia for me. This is a what trivia is, for you. It, well, <laughs> I need to get something here that I know Indi- some things. <laughs> like I know about things. <laughs> Indiana. Um, in, uh, no. I think that was, it was someone's dog. Either either George mm-hmm. Lucas's or Spielberg's mm-hmm. dog mm-hmm. was named Indiana. I have heard that. You may have told me that at one point. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So it says... Uh, uh, George Lucas pitched the idea to Steven Spielberg at a Hawaiian resort while while hiding out during the release of Star Wars in 1977. 
Uh, the directors later teamed up to make the film. However, Steven Spielberg convinced George Lucas to change the lead character's name since Smith sounded too plain and ordinary. Yeah, I agree. All right, number one, last question. What is the most what is the number one most inspirational film according to the American Film Institute? What's the number one most inspirational film? That's a weird It is a weird one. Metric. Yeah, I know, right? The most number one because like what's inspirational? Is that like sports? Is that you yeah. know like but so yeah. So what's the what's the number one most inspirational film? Uh, it's a wonderful life. You got it. First nice. try. Nicely yeah. done. <laughs> That's it. It's a wonderful life. Nice. Well done. Yep. <laughs> this Christmas classic directed by Frank Capra barely made a dent at the box office when it was released in 1946, starring James Stewart, Donna Reed, blah, 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 blah. And Lionel Barrymore, I'll leave that in there, actually. It's a Wonderful Life is considered one of the greatest films of all time today and continues to inspire audiences every Christmas season. It's, uh, so it's a good one. You got it. Was, Frank was, Frank Capra is the Frank, yep Frank Capra. He did like Mr. Smith goes to Washington and a bunch of stuff with uh, Jimmy with Stewart. Stewart. Yeah, yeah, right on. Yeah, great That's movie. That one's one. that one still holds up. So uh, so after all of this, I want to ask you one more question about films. What what's uh, I mean, you, this doesn't have to be a recommendation, but what are like a couple good films that people should watch, should see if they're not even, even if they're not like film filmy people, but they should see some of the best ones, like Jurassic Park. You know, that's one that like everyone should see because it's such a good movie. What are your like top five films that you think people should see? Oh, jeez. If they, I guess it'll, de- right, it'll depend on what people wanted to watch. Right. So yeah, you can give me like a kind of a general all around, maybe like. Action, comedy, blah blah blah. You know, I don't know. It doesn't have to be um, five. Just a couple movies, so you think. Some and here's favorites. yeah. To preface, I'm a movie person, but I never went that deep into obscure movies other than right. the basic stuff, film school stuff we got. Right. Yeah. Like exactly. everyone has to watch this and this and this. Like okay, but it was always trying to find quality and the whole low down and dirty. Movie making, I never liked. Mm-hmm. It seemed too dirty. It seemed lazy. It seemed like a way to get away with something. Right. I'm more impressed by spectacle and knowing, like knowing that these huge things are being done. That's why I'm not really a fan of like CG or Marvel movies because it is a lot of work. There are a lot of computer people sitting around, but I like the idea of people, craftsmen building a set. And blowing things right. up, and actually driving cars, and actually doing stunts—that excites me. That's I see it being done, and that's you're watching a spectacle. You're getting your money's worth. Right. You're watching. Yeah, you're, you're, watching you're watching people watching do talent. amazing things. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. Now, obviously, like you said, the CG is—it's something on its own. But mm-hmm. there's, you know, but that's—it's like Photoshop, right? <laughs> like, yeah, you can, I'm not you can impressed. Make it, make it things. Yeah. Right. You're not impressed as much with that. Right, because I would I would be more impressed by a twenty foot jump, uh, a car jumping something with a real person in it than I would a flying car in CG, right? Because I know someone actually did it and they had to set it up. So, yeah, I like a lot of the hits like everyone else. So, um, like when I went to film school, I really I still love um, No Country for Old Men, yeah, and There Will Be Blood, yep. Um, all those films, any Stanley Kubrick is just, 
he's the master in my opinion. Yeah. So that's 2001 um Clockwork Orange uh Spartacus even though that's a little bit older Paths of Glory stuff like that. Um if you want to go back to Japanese films like we talked about Akira Kurosawa, he was really great and I like again he he has quotes about he would work on movies and then they'd be it'd be like a samurai movie and they'd be getting all the horses out of the trailers in the morning yeah. and then the fog would be rolling in and it would look great and he always he said why aren't we shooting this like this is this is beautiful why aren't we capturing this we're all going to wait around until all the beauty fades right yeah. and like we're all done our coffee we should be capturing this now and he was all about getting the best image um, and waiting for it. Um, so stuff like that, modern films. What uh, what, uh, what Akira Kurosawa film would you suggest? Seven Samurai or um, Ran or Ran is a really good one. Right. Um, that's a color one he did, but his everything he does. I mean, How, what's that? Is that R? How's that spelled? R A N. R A N. Uh, I think I'm going to put these in the show notes. So I'm writing down your movies. I think George Lucas and and some guys and like uh, Coppola all helped him produce that. He was getting older and people weren't giving him money to make stuff anymore. Right. And they helped him make a a color movie. I think it was based off of Macbeth or something, right? Something like a retelling. Right. Yeah. But he's great. I, you know, I love, um, Paul Thomas Anderson, anything he does, like I said, um, there will be blood, right? Yeah. Um, Boogie Nights, anything he does, uh, Stanley Kubrick, and Spielberg films—they're always really good. Um, yeah. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, people might oh, shit on him, but he's just the best at distilling the best things. Yeah. Right. He's just an awesome rock band who's listened to blues and rock and roll all his life. Yeah, right. Right? And and came <laughs> yeah. up with his own thing like everyone else does. And he's right. just made the best version of all these things. Yeah. You can't you can't Yeah, you like, can't you can't hurt that. That's, you can't that's, knock him for that. Awesome. He makes the best versions of all these things. He knows what's awesome and he picks it and chooses it and says, I wanna I'm gonna stick that in it and he does it so well. So yeah, you know, just general big stuff that people might know, but Cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm sure the, the listeners will appreciate it. Give them something to listen to. I have so all the all the like names that you said of movies I put down here. Um, you know, people, if you're listening, you can you can find Quentin Tarantino. You can find Spielberg. But I put some of the ones down, so I'll put them <laughs> in the show notes so people can see. You know, fun stuff to watch. I've I've seen. I haven't seen 2001, or at least I've not seen it all oh. the way through. Um. I haven't. Well, I've probably seen Spartacus. Same thing. Like Paths of Glory. I probably haven't seen. I mm. haven't actually seen Seventh Samurai um, all the way through. I've seen scenes and parts of it. I haven't seen Iran. I've seen Boogie Nights. I've seen yeah. Clockwork Orange. I've seen There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men. So I'll have to watch them. You mentioned 2001 multiple times, and I still haven't seen it. So <laughs> well, I, and I will say you have to be in the right mind space for that one. Um, but oh, it's so good. Maybe maybe we'll that'll be one of our movie nights. Oh, there you go. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah. Cool. See, I'm trying to think of something obscure that people, you know, all those things. I feel like people have heard of. Right. But I mean, I've never heard of Ran. So okay. 
that's a good one, you know. And like you said, that's a Kurosawa that's a little bit more modern, you know, so it's a little bit different or a little bit him later. You know, people people think of the Seven Samurai as like right, black and Kurosawa, white, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you watch The Mandalorian, all their samurai scenes are based off of his stuff, but yeah, right. actually their, done yeah, pretty poorly. Like, the reason his stuff worked, they didn't use. They just used the visual, some of the visual cues, but they didn't right. use the pacing, which is was weird to me. I was a little disappointed, but oh well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, uh, didn't um, what's her name, uh, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard? Yeah. Didn't she say that, like, she was in, like, when she was, I was watching some of the extras, she said, like, as a kid, she would, like, her dad, you know, Ron went was like somewhere and like met with Kurosawa, and she was there, and like they were all having dinner together, like all these awesome directors, and like <laughs> she thinks about back as a kid, like just being part of that crazy situation, you know. And then yeah, you know, yeah, it's cool. All right, all right, Deb, what do you got for recommendations this uh, this week? Or I can I can say mine since you just recommended a whole bunch of movies. Unless you have something. Yeah, I'll, I'll just go with those. Uh, while you're okay. saying yours, I'll try to think of something maybe a little bit more obscure. Okay. Um, so my recommendation this week is uh, is a let me, I want to pull up his um, uh, his actual description what he has on here because it's fun. Um, okay, uh, there it is. Okay, so this is uh, Maximilian Nukofler, Nukofler, which is I guess uh, German. Uh, Woodsman's Finest on Instagram. So if you guys don't know Woodsman's Finest, he is, uh, according to his own description, he's a uh, voyager, craftsman, knife maker, leather maker, spoon carver, excuse me, spoon carver, martial artist, woodsman, photographer, beard ambassador, Viking, time (laughs) traveler. Oh, my. So uh, if you don't know Woodsman's Finest, you may... If you're if you're familiar with uh, Liam Hoffman, Liam's worked Liam's worked with Max on designing like uh, carving axes. So he has like a carving axe that he put out, which is um, a combination of his uh, Liam and, and Woodsman's finest and Max their their kind of um, collaboration. But he does like really really beautiful spoon carving. That's I think what he most that's what he does most and um, posts on Instagram often. So you can follow him at uh, at Woodsman's. So W O O D S M A N S Woodsman's underscore finest um, on Instagram, but he does beautiful work. His spoons are just, I'm, I'm always really amazed because I have in my mind a certain idea of what a carved spoon looks like. And he always like breaks that mold. I mean, you know, he's got spoons, they look like spoons, but, but then he'll like, he'll do, they'll be asymmetrical or they'll have cool patterns carved into them and just, they, they're super clean, really nicely done. He just does beautiful work, and he, you know, he also you know, shows fun pictures of being outdoors and and knives that he's made, and you know, uses a lot of his own stuff. So, um, check him out, Woodsman's Finest. Um, really awesome dude, Max Maximilian Nukofler, and uh, at Woodsman's underscore Finest on Instagram. Check him out. Nice. Um, I thought of uh, a Woody Allen movie if you guys oh, still yeah. are okay. willing to watch Woody Allen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see when this comes out and how long, you know, people still will uh, tolerate him, but um right. <laughs> uh Love and Death is one that not, I don't think a lot of people have seen. Um like you know, you can watch Annie Hall or Manhattan, some of the big ones, but Right. Yeah. Love and Death he did um it's like a like a costume thing, but it's like a straight comedy. 
it definitely has like the depth of Woody Allen, like talking about philosophical things. And it's like a Russian, right. you know, like based off Russian philosophy, but he's like also a soldier and it's just Woody Allen being goofy in like this period piece, like costume drama thing. Oh, cool. <laughs> and, um, it's, it's really good. Um, who's he with? Uh, what, what's her name? Uh, Oh, Diane Keaton. Like, she's in a bunch of oh, his nice. other stuff, yeah. right? So yeah. she's in it. She's, like, the girl he's he's going after. And um, that's a really good Woody Allen one. I don't think – if you're not a huge Woody Allen fan, maybe you don't know about Love and Death. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I love Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just such a cool movie. And just, like, that's one of those ones that it reminds me of – uh, I don't, it, it kind of has the not necessarily exactly, but the feeling of like a Quentin Tarantino movie where the dialogue is so important. Like there's so much conversation, you know, like, and it's right. so fun to follow along and like, you can either get bogged down in that or you can really enjoy it. <laughs> and I just like, I really enjoy it. I love conversation and I love dialogue. That's really well right. It, right. If they write it. Yeah. Like Woody Allen, Tarantino, yeah. people like that who just write right. it so well. And yeah. I saw, I've watched a couple of his newer ones. I mean, he makes one every year. So, He's right. going to have a lot of hit and misses, and some people just can't <laughs> pull it off. And the last one, I forget what it was, but it was just a young guy doing a Woody Allen impression. So I was just like, eh. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want fake Woody Allen. Like, right, yeah, it exactly. doesn't It doesn't do it for me. If it, even if Woody Allen's directing it, I don't want some kid playing Woody Allen. Like, right. But Love and Death is great. Like, just enough goofy, just enough um, philosophical Woody Allen stuff. You know, yeah. uh, it's, it's great. Love and Death. Nice. Awesome. All right, cool. All right, well, that's it, guys. That's uh, episode number 61 done in the books. Devin's back with us this week. Uh, we should have – I haven't ta- talked to Jesse yet, but I've been saying that we're going to have our cousin Jesse on, who's an awesome woodworker and craftsman and does some really awesome stuff, and I'll wait to talk about him when we have him on there. But we're hopefully going to have him on next week. So <laughs> We keep saying so we're going to we'll have see. guests. We will eventually. I know. We will. We have people lined up. It's just, uh, you know, <laughs> we're – we're, we keep saying this too. We're so busy right now. Everyone's busy, you know. We're we're gonna we'll get them in there. But I will say October uh, onwards until next March will right. be opened up. I will not be doing Orioles baseball, so we will all have some time. And we're getting really close to uh, the Maker Maker Camp, uh, Black Blackthorn yeah. Maker Camp. Uh, yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. All right, so. Uh, thank you guys all so much for listening. Please make sure you don't forget to head over to uh, YouTube and see our videos there because that's what this is all about is us enjoying making stuff and talk to you guys about it and then you know preempting things that we're showing you on YouTube. So go over there and uh, subscribe and like and you know let us know what you think about the videos and comments there. Um, you can go over to Instagram and find us there as well, the Art of Craftsmanship and the Art of Camera Guy to see Devin's like, pictures of the Avett brothers at Oriole Stadium. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, you can always go and support us as well. Any support is huge. So those of you who do support us on Instagram, I mean, on uh, Patreon, we really, really appreciate it. It makes a big difference. And, uh, and if you don't, that's fine, too. We're happy to have you guys listening. Um, I'm actually going to shout out someone real quick before we go, uh, just because he, um, he tagged us on Instagram on uh, a post that he put up. And, um, and I thought it was cool because... It's always interesting to know that there are people out there who are listening to our podcast that we don't know at all. 
I guess that's the whole point, right? There's lots of people watching our videos, but there's something a little bit more intimate about the podcast. So uh, thank you to, um, this is his Instagram handle, shed underscore 72. So thank you so much for shouting us out on Instagram. He says he was waterproofing his garage floor with tanking slurry to make another workshop space, and Dustin and Devin were keeping him company on the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. Nice. So it's cool. It's like there are people out there who are listening, and, <laughs> and we don't know them, and, and they know something about us. So if you are that person, thank you so much. And if you are someone else out there, tag us in what you're doing on Instagram. Let us know what you're doing when you listen to us. It's always fun to hear and know and, uh, and you know feel like we're part of that community. So, All right, everybody. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.